I want to read to you a scripture today found in Deuteronomy. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 18, verse 1. And what we're reading here is completed more accurately in Joshua, but we know the story of the children of Israel. Israel is God's people. God is going to use this group of people to bring the Messiah out of. And there's so many sort of allegories and shadow for, foreshadowings of the grace covenant and Jesus, the Messiah, in the story of the people of Israel. And so we know they, were, they went into Egypt. They grew so large, the Egyptians turned them into slaves. And they were in bondage for 400 years. And then God sent the plague, sent Moses and the children of Israel, left out of there. They walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. And where are they headed to? Where is God sending them? Anybody? The promised land. That means a land that God promised to them. And it was a, a land that was uh, supposed to be blessed and good. A place on earth that was just wonderful uh, to live. And that was going to be God's people's home there. And when they reached the promised land and they finally got to where God wanted them to be, there was going to be inheritances given out to the 12 tribes. And so each tribe of Israel was going to receive a certain portion. Now, if you look in the Bible, you'll find exactly where these portions are. The land of this goes to this tribe. The land of over here to the west goes to that tribe and all of this. But when he gets to the tribe of the Levites, this is what he says in verse 1. The Levitical priest, the whole tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat the Lord's offerings by fire and his portion. They shall have no inheritance among their countrymen. For the Lord is their inheritance as he promised them. Now, when you first read that, especially that last verse, they shall have no inheritance among their countrymen. You think to yourself, what did the Levites do wrong? I mean, God is punishing them. They must have done something wrong. But when you read the rest of it, it says the Lord is their inheritance as he promised them. When all you have is God, it is not a punishment it's a promise. I want you to get that today. When all you have is God, it is not a punishment. It is a promise. We can get so focused on the things that we're supposed to get from God that we forget that God is our portion. He is what we're looking for. If you look throughout the scripture many times, especially in the Psalms, you will read that phrase, for God is my portion, for God is my portion, for God is my portion. Have you ever wondered what that means? For God is my portion. We sing it in songs. God is my portion. What does that mean? God is my portion. That means when it's time for the inheritance to be passed out among the people, God is saying, what I'm giving you is me. What I'm giving you is myself. What I'm giving you is greater than any other thing that I could give you. I'm giving you myself. And I find no greater example of this than in John chapter 6. I'm not going to read John chapter 6 to you today, but I would encourage you, when you go home today, read John chapter 6. I'm going to talk a lot about what happens in John chapter 6 today. Jesus is on earth, and he's ministering to people. And we find that he has these three miracles that take place 
in John chapter 6. One, he's healing people of sickness. Oh, an amazing thing. You know that Jesus went about healing people of sicknesses. It could be leprosy. It could be a demonic spirit. It could be, uh, uh, you know, can't walk, can't see, can't talk. Whatever it is, Jesus shows up on the scene and he heals them by a miraculous healing. Amen. Praise his name. Next, we see that the disciples are out on a boat without Jesus, and the storm comes up, and, and uh, all of a sudden, the winds get rough and, and bad, and they see Jesus walking on the water, and he comes. And the Bible says when he stepped in the boat, the seas calmed down. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Another miracle. Jesus heals the sick. He calms the storm. Uh, also, what we see in John chapter 6 is there are 5,000 people who follow Jesus. No, more than 5,000 people. 5,000 men and their families, the Bible says, follow Jesus out into the wilderness where there was no food. And so he asks, is there anybody that has some food? And they bring him a, a little bit of food, some loaves and some fishes, and he turns that into enough food to feed 5,000 men and their families, and they take up 12 baskets full of leftovers. Can you say praise God for the miracle of Jesus? Hallelujah. Jesus says some interest, interesting thing on his journey through John chapter 6. One of the things he says is that people are following me because they want the miracles that I provide. You know what? We can get so caught up in the miracle that we need from God, the healing that we need from God. And listen, God wants you to come to him when you need healing. He wants you to pray for him when you need healing. But healing is not your portion. Come on, are you hearing me today? And they wanted to see the miracle. Some of them wanted to, I'm sure they wanted to just be voyeurs. They wanted to watch the miracle like a magic show. Let's see if we can, uh, we can enjoy this magic show. He said, at one point, you're following me because you want the loaves and the bread. You're hungry and you want more of this stuff, this miraculous bread I can give you. Now, I don't know what it tasted like, but I can just, if I was there, I'd want to know what miraculous bread and fish tastes like. Would you? I mean, did Jesus multiply it? Does it have a special 11 spices <laughs> or something like that? Some miraculous flavor to it? What is it like? And, and there were people that were following the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the ultimate portion. And yet what they were concerned about is simply experiencing what he could do for them rather than experiencing Jesus himself. There were people there that day who were looking for what God could do for them instead of God himself. It's a shame when we're looking for a healing when the healer is what we need. It's a shame when we're looking for uh, God to provide for us when the provider is what we need. Now, you may think that's a small distinction. I think it's a big one, amen? Have you ever heard the phrase, I need medical attention? I need medical attention. Have you ever heard that? What does that mean? Think about that. I need medical attention. You know what it means? Medical attention is not a thing in and of itself. It's an act that's performed by someone who knows what they're doing. Are you hearing me today? When we say, I need medical attention, what we're saying is, I need somebody who can help me get healed or get better. I want you to know today that Jesus is our healer. What you need is not really a healing. You need the healer. Because if you got the healer in your presence, healing comes with him. Amen. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's about where your eyes are, where your heart is, and what you want. Some of us are saying, I need a healing, when we ought to be saying, Jesus, I need you because you're my healer. Hallelujah. I need you today. Have you ever heard the term, I sure could use a good meal? You know what? A good meal is, doesn't exist without a person who knows how to prepare a good meal. Hallelujah. Kathy makes good meals 
Uh, she has, she's the best cook in the world as far as I'm concerned because she spent her life learning how I like food cooked. <laughs> and she makes food just the way I like it. And that's why I'm so fat uh, today. And uh, I know you don't think I am, but if I didn't eat her food, I'd be really skinny up here. But, uh, you know, I can't just have a good meal. you got to have a good cook who knows how to prepare a good meal, get good ingredients, and know how to fix it just right and make everything right. And, and it's an amazing thing when you need a good meal and you have someone there to take care of that for you. You know what? Sometimes today we ask Jesus, God, I need some sustenance in my life. I need something in my life to feed my life, feed my body, feed my finances, feed my soul. And Jesus is saying, I am the living bread. I am the water amen i will give you what you need hallelujah i'm thinking of a woman at the well who was trying to get water out of this special well that came from their forefathers it must have felt special to drink out of that but what she didn't know was that the one who provides living water was sitting right there talking to her and he said to her you know if you drink of the water i give you you'll never thirst again jesus was saying you don't need a drink from this well you need a drink from me if you would take me into yourself i would provide for you water so that you would never spiritually go thirsty again Jesus said in John chapter 6, I am the bread that you need. You're looking for a basket. You're looking, maybe I could get into those leftovers. How many of you like leftovers? Come on. Leftover pizza, fried chicken, what is your favorite? Come on. And you just get it out. Some of it is just so good. The leftovers almost seem better uh, than the original cooking sometimes. And it's just so good, and you like to get in there and dig into those leftovers. I imagine some people wanted to get into the leftovers that were there that day. Jesus is saying, look, you don't need to get into the bread that you can break with your hands. You need to get into me. If you would take me into your life, I would feed your soul. Have you ever said, I need some peace? If you have kids, you've said, I need some peace. If you've been around kids, you've said, I need some peace. If you've been around a teenager, hallelujah, you've said, I need some peace. Come on. Are you hearing me today? What does that mean, I need some peace? You know, it's the same thing. Peace doesn't come from an absence of things. Peace comes from the presence of the peacemaker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me help you understand a little bit better. Remember when you were a little kid and it was dark in, in your bedroom and some nights you'd just fall asleep and like it was nothing, but there were nights when you couldn't fall asleep and, and you kept hearing every little bump in the night. Come on. And you see shadows moving in your room and all of a sudden you picture demons and monsters from the movie you saw or, and, and now you're really scared and what do you do? You go running into mom's room or dad's room, right? Are you there? And, and you climb up in the bed and, and and you tell them that you're scared. And you know what? Because you're in the presence of peacemakers. All of the noises don't bother you. All of the shadows don't bother you anymore. Some of you keep wanting all the problems to go away, the storm to stop around you. But can I tell you, when Jesus gets in your boat, hallelujah, the peacemaker is with you. He will take care of every problem that you have. He will give you peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus is our portion today. He is enough. Oh, if God were giving out an inheritance to the people of the world, God might say to those people over there, I'll give Paris. To you over here, I'll give you New York. I'll give you riches, and to you, I'll give you power. To you, I'm going to give you fame, but to my people, I'm going to give you my son. And can I tell you, when I have Jesus as my portion, I have enough. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is enough today. Jesus is enough today. 
Don't focus on the things you don't have, church. Focus on who you do have. Let me say that again. Don't focus on the things you don't have today. Focus on who you do have. In every difficulty of life, you have Jesus. In every challenge of life, you have Jesus. In every problem in life, you have Jesus. When you've got too much, you've got Jesus. When there's not enough, you've got Jesus. When you're sick in your body, you have the great physician with you. Hallelujah. When you're having a problem paying bills and you can't make ends meet, you've got the great provider with you. Amen. Hallelujah. When the storm is raging all around you, you've got Jesus in your boat, the one who calms the storm. You are not alone. You are not without. You do not have to look around and wish you had something else because our portion is Jesus. Can you praise him today? Hallelujah. Our portion is Jesus today. Hallelujah. Our great God. Our great God. I want to close with this thought today. Jesus, in the end of John chapter 6, gives the people listening to him something very challenging, so challenging, in fact, that many of them stop following him. And he tells them, if you want to live, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. They said, what, how is that supposed to work? That don't even make any sense. You can understand why there are some people who just couldn't receive what he said. But can I tell you, Jesus often said this. He said, if you've got ears, hear what the Spirit says. What is he saying? He's saying, don't try to reason it in your mind. Let the Spirit show you what I'm telling you. In another passage, Jesus said, my words are life and spirit. Some words are not intellectually received. They're spiritually received. What Jesus is saying here is communion. If you take me into yourself, I'll take you into myself. And you and I will become one spiritually. Hallelujah. This is what communion is. That the great God of the universe would receive us into himself. And we would receive him into ourselves. Hallelujah. And we would become one in Christ. When we share communion, what we're doing is we're taking in spiritually Jesus into our lives. We're, we're saying, I want to abide with you and in you. I want to be with you. I want to know your presence with me every day. I want to be intimately involved in you. And you have you intimately involved in every aspect of my life. And at the end of the day, if I have nothing else, Jesus is enough. Jesus is my portion. Hallelujah. So today, if you would, I believe we have communion emblems up here. If you would come and gather your communion emblems, if some of you who can't uh, make it up here could have someone get them for you, we're going to receive communion today as a celebration, as a symbol of our unity with Christ. Our portion is Jesus what we're taking in today is our portion. Our inheritance is Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we get our minds upon you. We get our minds upon you, Jesus. We get our hearts focused upon you and who you are and what you mean to us today. We are not focused upon what you can do for us. We're focused on you. We're not chasing after the loaves and fishes. We're not wanting to see some miraculous sign. We, we just want you, our portion, Jesus. We want to know you. We want to be with you. We want to be in you, abide in you, and for you to abide in us. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your son who gave his body for our healing, our complete wholeness, Spirit, soul, and body, 
and the stripes were bore for our complete wholeness. We thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to go, that you were willing to sacrifice yourself so that we might have life. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. We receive this today in remembrance of your sacrifice, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Shall we together partake of the bread? We've taken in, Lord, your body. We've taken in your perfect body that never made a mistake, your sinless flesh that was broken for us on our behalf. We receive the healing that it bought. It just, it's in us. The healing is in us today, Lord, from your body. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the cup that represents the blood of your son. It's hard to comprehend how you could send your son to die for an unworthy people. For a people who screamed, give us Barabbas. But you did, God. Oh, you loved us. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the ultimate expression of God's love for us and that you were willing to lay down your life, shed your blood so that we might be forgiven. Without the shedding of someone's blood, no one could be forgiven. We thank you that you are the spotless lamb who shed your blood that we could be forgiven. And we will remember, celebrate, and honor the blood of Christ and what it means in our lives until you return again, Jesus. Thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Shall we together take of the cup? As often as you and I eat this bread and drink this cup, we declare, we celebrate, we honor the Lord's death until he returns. Today we have taken in the body of the Lord Jesus. We have taken in the blood of the Lord Jesus. I know it happened in its fullness when you were saved, but today we celebrate it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today we remember and we engage with it today. We're, we're aware of it and we're 